This is episode one of Work Perks Podcast with your host, Brian McCammon. Well, thanks so much for finding your way to my first endeavor into podcasting. Very excited that you've stopped by, and hopefully this won't be the last time that you uh, tune in to what we've got lined up. So you might be wondering, what in the world is Work Perks, and why in the world is it spelled in a funny way? In order to really paint the picture of what this podcast is about, I have to share a bit of history into really how it all came about, and a little bit of my background as well. First, let's start with the concept of perks or benefits. Just for a moment, what is the first thing that comes to mind when someone is asking you a question in a work-related setting about benefits? If you're anything like most people, you probably thought of your medical insurance or your insurances, dental, vision, maybe disability, or perhaps your mind went to the financial side, your 401k, 403b, perhaps your pension. Whatever the case may be, uh, that's usually where the conversation begins and ends when it comes to what a benefit is. And it's really fascinating that that's really the extent of it, because as we start to think about the workplace today and the ever-evolving workplace, there is so much more to the conversation. And so I found myself in the benefits world and having been in the benefits world, the medical insurance world, for quite a period of time. And I found it really interesting that that seemed to be the extent of what was always discussed. It was, let's talk about your benefits. It was only insurance or it was only financial. And as time went on, uh, you know, I began to question, why is it that that's all we talk about when there's so much of a broader sense of what a benefit is? It also got me thinking, what's a benefit to me is not necessarily a benefit to you. What's what I value might not be nearly as high up the food chain as something that you value. And what I really even found more interesting was when I tried to push the envelope with this conversation, I was met with quite a bit of feedback, uh, a bit of static. You know, it was a lot of, we don't talk about that. Stay in your lane. No one wants to hear about it. No one's interested in it. Companies don't care. What I continued to find really interesting was, in fact, companies did care. People cared. Yet the professional field that was entirely designed to be consultative for employers around what is a benefit was really letting them down uh, by not having the conversation, by not encouraging people to think bigger and broader. And I found myself more often than not reflecting and thinking there, there is value in having this conversation. How do we push this envelope? How do we change the conversation from just insurance and financial well-being, which are pretty big deals, don't get me wrong, uh, but begin to expand it. You know, if we're going to spend eight hours a day, five days a week, 40 hours in a, you know, in a week uh, working, why not have it be something really enjoyable, have a really fun environment? I'm not talking fun with a ping pong table or happy hour on a Friday, uh, but something that offers really meaningful benefits to us. I think there's an opportunity for it. As I started to think more and more about it, I started to dive into some of the statistics and and kind of the reasons why. Why would someone, why would an employer want to 
explore this more and more. One thing I found that was really surprising is the shrinking talent pool. If you think back to 2019, and even to the first part of 2020, uh, the U.S. economy was at near full employment, meaning our unemployment was at levels that we have never seen, uh, that our parents' generations, mind you, I'm 36, uh, but our parents' generations hadn't seen, and our parents' parents hadn't seen since right around the time of World War II. You know, we had unemployment around 1%, 2%, 3%, very, very low. And as I dug into it, what I found was actually as we continue to move forward, we're going to have a really unique jobs crisis. We're losing about a million eligible workers per quarter in the economy, about four million a year. Most of those eligible workers are retiring. It's the baby boomer generation. And so we're going to find ourselves in a really interesting situation where companies are no longer, uh, you know, no longer competing on just a salary or some of the fringe things they may have said. You know, as, and as we think about the insurances and the, the financials, it's important to keep in mind that if you're a top employer and you want the top talent, you want the best and the brightest, and you don't offer that, you probably don't have a seat at the table. Now, as with all things in life, there's exceptions. You know, uh, startups, perhaps family-run businesses, um, you know, whatever the case may be. There are, there are exceptions, but by and large, you won't find the best and the brightest people running out to work for companies that don't offer some sort of retirement plan, 401k, 403b, some sort of pension defined benefit plan. Uh, you're not going to find them running to work for someone that tells them, tough, we're not going to help you find insurance, pay for insurance, figure that out. So, you know, you don't even have a seat at the table if you're not offering this. And, and as it gets harder and harder to fill these jobs, because there's less and less eligible belly buttons to actually do it, employers are going to find themselves saying, all right, we need to rethink this because we can only throw so much money at it before other things start to come into play. And that's where I really started thinking, you know, we should have more of a conversation. And now you've kind of been caught up to how I came about and, and made the decision to create the Work Perks podcast. Uh, you know, it's as, as we think about how do we improve and really change the world of, of benefits and the, and the work environment that we're in, it's impossible to have all the answers. And I think that's the biggest reason that I would encourage everyone to, to listen and continue to listen, is that we don't have all the answers. It's impossible to have a list, right? Uh, you know, start to, start to finish top to bottom of every kind of perk out there because there's some perks uh, like the insurances or the financials there's perks like uh, you know paid time off it's a pretty standard one people are going to know about those but there's so many others that organizations and individuals can come up with with uh, ingenuity creativity some may cost money some may not and I think what's really cool is an opportunity to seek out and start building that list, trying to build that database of, you know, what are some of the things that great companies out there are really doing? And it's an opportunity to really share ideas uh, with like-minded people that are trying to, you know, change the shape and change the way that we think about work. Um, you know, here we are, it's September, 
in the middle of a, one of the biggest, the biggest pandemic uh, the world has seen in at least the last 100 years. Who would have ever thought working from home shifted from a nice to have to a mandatory? You know, I mean, that's one of those things where you go, that's a pretty sizable benefit that likely will stick around. It'll be interesting to see how we continue to build this list. You know, the other component that'll be a lot of fun, and I've already started working on this, is seeking out and finding some of those companies, those organizations that help provide some of these unique solutions, some of these unique benefits. Whether that's a platform to help keep it all straight, maybe that's something very, very specific. There's opportunities to have some discussions with them. You know, what are you doing? What are you seeing? What's unique? What's worked? What hasn't? Why should someone consider what you do? It'll be a great chance to, again, continue to build that list and build that community of like-minded people. Now, before you think, oh, this is all fine and good, but how is it going to apply to me? The focus of who we're talking to, especially as we're introducing you to other businesses that look and feel much like ones you'd likely find yourself in, the focus is going to be on what, uh, what's really considered a small business. Now, Google, Facebook, Apple, they all have very unique, very tremendous uh, you know, benefit plans, perks, great offers. Uh, but one of the things that all three of those have in common is very large workforces in a very progressive area with an awful lot of cash in the bank. And while it's great to take our lead or have ideas from those organizations, it's not always practical to draw our inspiration from them. And so that's why there's, like I said, going to be an emphasis on small business. And before you tune out and think, oh, well, small business, you're talking 20, 30 people. According to the SBA, small business actually has 500 employees or under. They're considered a small business. There's 30.2 million small and medium-sized businesses in the United States. And they actually comprise 99.9% of all firms in the United States. So think about that for a second. 99.9% of companies employ under 500 people. 500 is a pretty big number. So that's really the target of the people, the caliber of organizations that we're looking to connect with, talk to, learn about what they do, why they do it, hear from some of the solution providers, what they do, why they do it, how they can help us, how they can help us achieve our goals. Knowing that small business is really the lifeblood of the American economy, it's really important that we spend a lot of our time Focusing and connecting with those businesses that look and feel like us. And that's where I think we're going to have the most value is connecting those dots. So as, as I shared, a little bit of the backstory of what is WorkPerks? How did it come about? Uh, you know, why focus on the, the size business and community? thought it might be helpful to offer a little bit of insight into who the heck I am. So I grew up in, uh, in California, in San Francisco. And in the early 2000s, set off, went down to college in uh, sunny, beautiful San Diego, California, where I got my first endeavor into hospitality and what it meant to be customer-facing, if you will. Uh, I was working in the golf business, 
and uh, parlayed that into uh, some part-time work uh, at uh, some restaurants, found out the nightlife wasn't necessarily for me. I've never been the kind of person that wants to stay up till 3 a.m., but would much rather get up at 5. And uh, from there, you know, bounced around a little bit and managed to land a really cool opportunity in professional sports with the Arizona Diamondbacks as a first job. And one thing I learned, I learned a lot of things in, in that role. But one of the first things that I learned was the, uh, you know, the, the value of how to think differently. Here it is, I enter the workforce at the end of 2007, beginning of 2008. And, and I'll, I'll spare you the, the backstory and details of where the team was and the success that they had. But think back to 2008, 2009, what was going on then economically. We were seeing the, the housing bubble burst. So here I am, you know, working in, in ticket sales, trying to convince people to spend their hard-earned money to come watch a professional sports team in a real estate market that is, I, depending on who you spoke to, the hardest or second hardest hit in the entire United States with per capita incomes near the bottom of professional sports teams. And I figured out you, you got to think about things differently. And, and as I was reaching out to HR professionals, business leaders, and trying to connect those dots with businesses, I learned the value of you know what it means to have good organizations that are thinking about their people even in tough times. So a lot of times we, we had a lot of conversations with uh, prospective clients and clients of mine about how can I take what I have and what I can offer in the sports world and really help you piece something together that's going to move the needle and help your people, help build your culture, help keep people around. And it was really, really eye-opening, and it was a great opportunity for me to work with industries of all shapes and sizes, from education to uh, the uh, U.S. Armed Services, from for-profit businesses to public entities, and anything and everything in between. From there, I, I got my jump into uh, insurance at a time when I probably couldn't even tell you really the difference between a deductible and out-of-pocket coinsurance. And yet here I am working for the largest health insurer in the U.S., in United Health Group. And it was a quick learning curve, but it, was, it afforded me the opportunity to combine uh, passions that I always had. Uh, in this case, it was health and fitness along with sales, meeting people, solving problems. So it was a really cool opportunity. And that's where I had some of the most eye-opening conversations as I sat across the table from individuals that were tasked with helping businesses put together creative options. And that is where I started the very first time hearing those conversations and, and hearing that feedback of, we don't talk about that. Stay in your lane. Businesses don't want to know. And it was really interesting because I knew that some of these individuals were having dual conversations. They were telling me one thing and telling their company something else or telling their, their clients something else. And ever since then, fast forward to now, uh, you know, still in a sales world, still in a sales role, still working with companies to help formulate what is their culture, what's their experience. And it's that this mission of trying to help employers 
create an outstanding workplace for their teams has never left. You know, I'm a firm believer that you shouldn't focus on the output. You should focus on the inputs. Because if you focus your time and energy on what goes in, naturally what comes out will be infinitely better. So as I turn my time and attention and energy to helping those organizations focus on their inputs, um, you know, it leaves me with and really leaves you with another question to have, which is, again, why? What's the motivation? And it's something that a life mentor of mine taught me long, long ago. Um, and it was leave the world a better place, a little better than you found it. And, you know, perhaps on, on a later episode, I'll share more of the context around where that came and how that came about. But that's something that stuck with me ever since my teenage years to now into my mid-30s. That if I have an opportunity to leave the world a little better than I found it, leave a workplace a little better than I found it, I'm obligated to do something with that. So again, that is the goal of this podcast. Try to connect like-minded people, help make the workplace better, a little more fun. So knowing that, we need to get into what to expect from the Work Perks podcast. First things first, this is the first time I have ever done a podcast. So, there will be technical difficulties. There will be times the audio might not be so great. There's definitely going to be times the video probably won't work. But as with all things, it takes time, it takes effort. Uh, and I promise to learn and grow and get better. And uh, always welcome any and all feedback and suggestions, provided they're positive, negative. Uh, negative and rude feedback will be met with schoolyard insults on social platforms. Just FYI, positive comments are always welcome and will be greeted with pictures of puppies, also on said social platforms. Also, a lot of this is going to be first takes, uh, very little editing. One might argue because I don't know how, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, the goal is to share the information. It doesn't have to be perfect. I'm not perfect. Here I am in a one-bedroom apartment in the middle of a pandemic with a dog sleeping at my feet. So, you know, it, uh, we just roll with it and we do the best that we can. You're also going to have a lot of attempts at pretty average humor um, that might even borderline on dad jokes, so I apologize. There might be some dog cameos. I have two dogs, a German shorthair pointer, Woodford, like the bourbon, and a nine-year-old Border Collie Chow mix, Kahlua, like the liqueur. If they make an appearance, we're probably going to roll with it just goes to show that they're further illustrating the validity of the points being made on this podcast. As I mentioned, we are recording right now in a one-bedroom apartment. Hopefully that will be changing in the very near future, but for the time being, it is what it is. And I alluded to it a bit at the very onset while I was setting the stage of what to expect, but I want to reiterate it that most important, it's a commitment to learning and growing. And I hope that as you listen to this, you share that same commitment of how to be a student of your craft, whatever that is. If you're in the executive leadership uh, suite, you know, you think about how can you be the best leader? Maybe that's servant leadership. Maybe that's, um, you know, looking, hopefully, looking at uh, different perks and packages and ways to make your workplace absolutely rock solid. Uh, perhaps you're someone farther down the chain of command, so to speak. You don't feel like you have that much input or, or authority. I'd always tell you to be on the lookout because you never know when you're going to come across the next great idea. And I encourage you to shamelessly 
steal those ideas and take credit for them. I don't need it. You know, and, and for those same people, I uh, would encourage you to check out John Maxwell's book, 360 Degree Leader. It might change your perspective on your place in an organization and your role and what it means to lead. You know, and then as for our guests, who will we be talking to? I outline that a little bit more uh, or a little bit uh, at the beginning. We're talking about culture aficionados, founders, entrepreneurs, solution providers, really anything and everything, everyone in between. Uh, but that same promise that I have to commitment uh, to share, to learn, to grow, to make this podcast the best that I can make it, I know my guests share that same mentality when it comes to their crafts. How do they be the best leaders, the best solution providers, and provide all of you, the listeners, with really the best options out there for whatever you may be looking for. So in closing, I want to express my gratitude that you found your way to this podcast, that you've made it this far, and hopefully that you'll be tuning into the future episodes. And I'm excited about the state of, uh, you know, of work, how we can change it, and the conversations we'll continue to have. So again, uh, thank you and look forward to seeing you on future episodes.